Welcome to the Parsha Perspective. Each week, we will delve deep in a weekly Torah portion to find a practical and insightful way to enhance your daily life. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Rabbi Shalom Yemini, and each week we'll look into the weekly Torah portion to find practical and insightful ways to enhance your daily life. I am so excited to announce the launch of ParshaPerspective.com, a website dedicated to everything Parsha Perspective. You can view the latest episodes as well as listen to our previous perspectives both on the Torah portions and on Chagim on holidays. Additionally, a PDF version of each episode will be available to print so you can read it on your own time or at your Shabbos table. There is a contact page to send me all your thoughts, comments, and suggestions, as well as a link to sign up and get the Parsha Perspective in your inbox every week, including a link to download a PDF version. This week's Parsha Perspective is in loving memory of Shlomo ben Edward and Edward ben Ephraim. May their souls be uplifted and may their memories be a blessing. This week's Parsha Perspective is in honor of the Refuah Shalema of Shaul ben Brita, Sesom ben Sal ben Batya, and Yerachmiel Daniel ben Tova Basha. May they have a complete and speedy recovery. This week is a double Torah portion as we end off the fourth book of the Torah, Sefer Bamidbar, with Parshas Matas and Maase. Our Torah portions begin with Moshe teaching the leaders of each tribe the many laws concerning oaths and promises. The Parsha goes in detail and recounts the war against the country of Midian, and this battle was in retaliation for the chaos they created amongst the Jewish nation. Moshe gathered 1,000 soldiers from each tribe and mounted an attack against Midian. They emerged victoriously and killed their kings and every age-fighting male, including Bilaam, the non-Jewish prophet who tried to curse the Jewish nation. When the soldiers returned from battle, they gave Moshe an exact total of the spoils of war and divided it equally amongst themselves. The Parsha continues with the tribes of Reuven and Gud coming to Moshe with a strange request. They asked that their inheritance, their Yerusha and part of the land, not be in Israel, but rather on the other side of the Yardin, the Jordan River. They reason that there's an abundance of fields to feed their many flocks of sheep. As expected, Moshe was extremely upset with their request. He saw this petition as following in the same footsteps as the spies who did not want to enter the land and discouraged an entire nation from doing so. The betrayal of the spies angered God immensely and had drastic consequences for the Jewish nation and yet nevertheless Moshe took their wish into consideration. Moshe then returned to the tribes of Reuven and Gad with a compromise. They must fight along the other Jewish armies against the nations of Canaan and only once they are victorious and the ten tribes settle in the land of Israel can they go and settle in their portion. Moshe announced that they will be sinning before God if they do not accept this agreement. The tribes of Reuven and Gad took Moshe's compromise and later fought heroically with the rest of the Jewish armies. Moshe was attempting to keep unity amongst the Jewish nation even if they were not in the same geographical location. However, a question comes to mind. Our parsha begins with Moshe teaching the laws of vows and promises to the tribal leaders. As the Pasuk writes, Moshe el Hamatas And Moshe spoke to the heads of each tribe saying, This is what God commanded. But why does Moshe specifically address the leaders of each tribe rather than the nation as a whole? We do not see this in any other Torah portions that Moshe specifically speaks to the leaders of each tribe. What do these particular laws have to do with the tribal leaders? The Rabbeinu Bachayar of Bachir bin Usher, a Spanish commentary, answers this question by looking at the end of last week's Torah portion. The Parsha concludes with the many extra karbanis, with the many extra sacrifices that can be offered on a communal level. And since the leader of each tribe is the one who would initiate the offering of a collective sacrifice, Moshe spoke individually to them. 
And the point was, so they know never to break the vow to bring a sacrifice. And we see this earlier in the book of Amidbar, in Parsha Snasai, the longest Torah portion. It has 176 verses, psukim, because it details the sacrifices given by each tribal leader. Since they represented their tribe, the Torah reiterates each sacrifice to show that all tribes and all people are same importance to God. However, the Arachim HaKadosh, Rav Chaim Ibn Attar, a Moroccan commentary and Kabbalist, gives a deeper and more profound explanation. He quotes the Talmud in Chagiga, that according to Shmuel, even if one does not verbalize a promise but keeps it in their mind, they are still obligated to fulfill it or have it nullified. And similarly, Rabbi Yeshua writes, a promise made out of anger must be annulled or fulfilled. The Arachim HaKadosh explains that Moshe spoke specifically with the tribal leaders to teach the Jewish nation about the power of speech. Moshe wanted that the heads of each tribe should talk individually with their tribe about the strength and the power of the words. That even if their words are said by mistake or in anger, they can still force an obligation on a person. And that promise or requirement holds and remains until they are revoked by a Jewish court. The Arachim HaKadosh explains that the Torah bestows immense force and strength to a spoken word. And we see this by the punishment of speaking badly about another Jew. People who speak badly about another Jew are punished with saras, with leprosy, a spiritual element that manifests itself in a physical form. And in order to return back to their communities, they must undergo a rigorous process of purification. Moshe wanted the leader of each tribe to convey to his people the significance and consequence of the spoken word. In our daily life, it is imperative that we understand that our words not only influence other people's actions, but our destiny as well. Studies show that people who use positive language tend to be more happy and prosperous. We must use positive words even when faced with dire situations, not only because it keeps our spirit alive, but it also helps us to achieve the best possible results. There's an amazing quote, Be careful with your words, for once they are said, they can only be forgiven, not forgotten. Have a great weekend and good Shabbos. Thank you for tuning in to The Parsha Perspective. Check out our website, theparshaperspective.com. Send thoughts and comments to theparshaperspective at gmail.com. Till next time, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.